0: Hey, this is Jason Hansen. I'm the lead pastor at Anchor Church. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. I hope that as you listen, you're encouraged in your walk with Jesus to live for him, to tell others about him. Thank you for joining us. I hope that you're encouraged. We're finishing up our series this morning in Acts. You can turn in your Bibles to Acts chapter 28. We've been in a series um, in Acts since last August, taking some breaks here and there. Maybe this is your first Sunday. You're here for the last one. Next week, we're starting a new series called Where is God? Going through the, the, the book of Esther. God's never mentioned in that, in that Bible um, book. Um, and so, so is he there? Is he somewhere there? The answer is, I'm going to give away the ending here. It is, he is. Um, and we're going to see how he is. But we're going to answer that. That starts next week. This is our last sermon in Acts. It's a multiply series. We called it Multiply because God is on the move to multiply churches and people through churches and people. That's what God does. That's what he's, how he set it up. That's how God is going forward. That's how God shows himself to be on the move. And we've learned all through this whole series that God is at work. He's, he's constantly at work doing so many different things that we may, may not even see or know, but he is about Mission. He is about reaching people that don't know him so that they do know him, and he's building the church. As I was thinking about this sermon or this text, I was thinking about, do you ever have a situation in your life where you either come into a movie or a TV show late, maybe like five or ten minutes late, or uh, what's more often the case in our, in our house, you fall asleep like halfway through it, and then you don't see the end of it. You know, like maybe, maybe you come in a little late and you know, maybe you're this person, maybe you just know somebody. We don't, if you're the kind of person that comes in late and then asks questions the whole movie, I don't feel sorry for you, okay? Get there on time, all right? And we're not judging you. We're kind of judging you. For that per- I'm kind of judging you for that person. Talk throughout the whole, the whole show, the whole movie. Um, or maybe you, maybe you do fall asleep and then you kind of wake up and think, I don't, what happened? Like I don't understand what happened. Did it finish? How did it finish? How did this? How did this go? What took place? How is this going? You know, we, we try and think that I came across this. This, this is a fun, this is a story. I came across this as I was as doing some reading this week. Uh, this is from somebody that was writing about an experience with a, with a friend of his. This friend took his friend to see Wicked. Now, Wicked is about, is about the Wizard of Oz. It's the Wicked Witch of the West. It's really good. It's a musical. And, you know, typical musicals, they have two acts. You have one act, take an intermission, have another act. This is what he says. He said, I took a friend to see Wicked once, who as act one ended said, well, that was really good but it uh, feels like they left a lot of questions unanswered. Okay, so after act one, I guess we're done. But it seemed like they had questions. And he says, uh, curious what he was wondering about, I asked him, and when he mentioned a couple of things, I reassured him that they would wrap up those particular loose ends in the second act. And he was completely surprised that there was going to be a second act and said that he thought the show had just ended thinking the show just ended halfway through. Wait, what took place? What, what do you mean? There's a lot of questions left unanswered here. It seems like only half the story's been told. What comes next? What comes next? What, what happens here? And church, I think if we read Acts, the book of Acts, and Acts 28, and we don't think about it properly, we can get to the end of this a whole book of the Bible in Acts, and we can finish it, and we can think, oh, that was pretty good. Yeah, that was, that was good. It like God was at work. I mean, there's still questions left unanswered. You know, there's there's a lot of questions that we don't know. What happens to Paul? You know, what takes place here? You're gonna see that it just kind of finishes, nothing takes place. We can actually live as though, and think about this book as though the ending has happened, but church, here's the deal. Acts. 28, the finishing of this book of the Bible is only act one. This is only act one. Because Acts con- continues. This is the, the finishing of what is written, but Acts continues. There is an Acts 29. And Acts 29 is our story. Acts is written intentionally to leave you thinking, well, there's some questions left unanswered here. And the reason for that is that there is more to this story that we live out. We are a part of the book of Acts. Now, we're a part of Acts 29, the family of churches. It's it's our partnership. And the reason it is called Acts 29 is because they saw at the end of Acts 28, oh, wait a second we have we have more and that's what we're going to see today our big idea is that our story our church's story anchor church you as a christian we are acts 29 god has not stopped working when acts 28 finishes he continues to work and build his church and multiply churches in us and it's a legacy so we're going to talk about Act 2. We live in Act 2. The, the, the continued storyline of God multiplying churches and disciples through churches and disciples. And we want to make sure that we keep this in mind. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to read uh, Acts 28 beginning in verse 17. The, our whole text is, is uh, beginning in verse 11. 11 through 16 is just Paul telling us about how he got to Rome. He just took some ships there. There were some specifics. So we're going to read from Acts 17 and read to the end. Then I'm going to break it down a little bit, help us see how and what this means for us that Acts 29 is our story. And then we'll, we'll uh, figure out how we can live it out as we go forward. So Acts chapter 28, verse 17. After three days, he called together the local leaders. That's Paul. So Paul gets to Rome, he goes along the Appian Way, which is the main road from Greece. As you get into into Italy, up into Rome, he takes that road, he gets there, and after three days of being there, he called together the local leaders of the Jews, which he did at every single place that he went to. He would go to the synagogue and figure out who the leaders were, because he wanted to talk to them about Jesus. And when they had gathered, he said to them, brothers, brothers. Though I had done nothing against our people or the customs of our fathers, yet I was delivered as a prisoner from Jerusalem into the hands of the Romans. When they had examined me, they wished to set me at liberty because there was no reason for the death penalty in my case. But because the Jews objected, I was compelled to appeal to Caesar. This is, he's recounting what we just read with Festus and Felix over the last few chapters. He's telling them how he got to Rome. He's just recounting the story. We know that everywhere it is spoken against. With regard of Christianity, it's spoken against everywhere. We haven't heard specifically about you. We have heard about this Christian sect, and I'm not sure we like it, is what they're saying. It's spoken against here. So well, let's listen. Let's hear what you have to say, all right, Paul? You, you come tell us what, what's going on. And when they had appointed a day for him, they came to him. And they came to him because he was in prison he was, in a, he was under house arrest, and so he couldn't go anywhere. And so they come to him at his lodging in great, greater numbers. There's a bunch of them that came. All these Jewish leaders of the synagogue, these people in Rome, came to Paul. They wanted to hear what he had to say. And listen, from morning till evening, he expounded to them, testifying to the kingdom of God and trying to convince them about Jesus, this is so much like Paul, isn't it? From morning to evening, he expounded to them, testifying to the kingdom of God and trying to convince them about Jesus, both from the law of Moses and from the prophets, from their texts, from the Old Testament, the law of Moses, the whole Old Testament and the prophets. He's trying to convince them that Jesus is the Messiah. Jesus is the promised one. That's what Paul goes about doing here from day to night. And we see that some were convinced by what he said, but others disbelieved. And disagreeing among themselves, they departed, which is sad. They heard it all, and they disagreed, and they departed. After Paul had made one statement, this is what Paul says, he quotes from Isaiah the prophet, which by the way is the same text Jesus quotes from when he's also talking to the Jewish leaders. It's not a coincidence, I don't think. He made this statement. The Holy Spirit was right in saying to your fathers through Isaiah the prophet, go to this people and say, you will indeed hear but never understand and you will indeed see but never perceive. For this people's heart has grown dull and with their ears they can barely hear and their eyes they have closed. Lest they should see with their eyes And hear with their ears and understand with their heart and turn, and I would heal them. They hear that, they hear quotes of Isaiah, and they recognize Paul saying, This is you. This whole this is what Isaiah said. Listen, that's you. And they don't like it, and they leave. And then Paul says this in verse 28. Therefore, let it be known to you that this salvation of God has been sent to the Gentiles. They will listen. And he lived there two whole years at his own expense and welcomed all who came to him, proclaiming the kingdom of God and teaching about the Lord Jesus Christ with all boldness and without hindrance. That was good. Left, you know, questions left unanswered. Um, what we know here is Paul dies in Rome. They don't talk about that. They kind of leave it with the gospel just going forward and tumbling. And the reason for that, like I said before, is that this story is not over. See, I think if they finished, if Luke had finished writing Acts, but then Paul dies, and it's a sad story, and that's kind of the end of it, we'd think, well, okay, that was, okay, that's over. But it's not over. More to be said, and that's us. Our story is Acts 29. The next chapter of this book is us. We live out Paul's mission and Peter's mission and the other apostles and churches in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria, their mission it's us, the Gentiles, has been sent to the Gentiles, they will listen. Church, we, we need to make sure we get this and grasp this as we go forward. Now, I just want to point out, as we think about this text in Acts, that we began Acts 1, in our very first sermon in Acts, with this overarching big idea. You might remember it if you're with us. If not, you'll hear it for the first time. This is what we said the very first part of Acts wanted us to understand as we grasped it. It's this. Direct orders from God should create great, great expectations of God. Direct orders from God should create in us great expectations we, we said that the very first, and we see, and I just want to point this out, Paul makes it to Rome. Jesus commissions them at the very beginning and says, you will be my witnesses. Very, the very first chapter of Acts, in Jerusalem, in Ju- all Judea, in Samaria, to the end of the earth. Now the end of the earth here is Rome. It's what he meant to the Gentiles. You're going to go. And if you read Acts, they start in Jerusalem and then they go to all Judea and then they hit Samaria. This is the fulfillment of what Jesus called them to. We see this here next. He gave them orders and the expectations were great and he does great things. And multiplies churches. That's what God does. We've seen this whole thing in Acts and multiplying churches and disciples. We want to make sure we, we tie up that loose end. God did not leave them, He did not promise them something, call them to something, and then leave it to them and not act or work. God's been on the move in Acts, He's still on the move now. And we want to make sure that we recognize that because our mission is to continue the mission of Paul: to preach the gospel. He has called us to preach the good news of Jesus Christ dead and risen for the salvation of the people it's been sent to the Gentiles look church, we're in a, a midst of Gentiles here I think most of us, Gentile just simply means non-Jewish people so the people of God, it's not that they're bad, no the, people, the Jewish people were God's people but, but they had so dulled their ears they couldn't hear any longer, they couldn't see and Paul says the Gentiles are going to listen to this it's going to go, and here we are. And I want to point out just a couple things here about this text before we, before we apply it. Bless you, Julie. Before we apply it, this is all about the gospel. It always has been for Paul. His imprisonment, his proclamation, all of these things has always been about the gospel. Take a look at verse 23. When they had appointed a day for him to come, they came to him. A day for him, they came to him at his lodging in greater numbers. And listen, this this has been the crux of the issue. Paul has always, everywhere he went, wanted people to know about Jesus. So when the Jewish leaders come, the reason he actually is in Rome and he appealed to Caesar was because he was preaching the gospel. They didn't like it. And so he appeals to Caesar and he goes here and he's telling them from morning until evening about Jesus Christ through their own scriptures. Everything Paul's done has always been about the gospel. It's like, it's like he's got, you ever have a song stuck in your mind and you just can't get it out? It's like Paul's got this song of Jesus stuck in his mind. He, he can't get it out. You know what I mean by that, right? You have this song stuck in your head. If you don't know what I mean, let me, let me help you. It's a world of laughter, a world of fears. You guys know this song, right? It's a world of hope and a world of, yeah. There's so much that we share that it's time we're aware. It's a small world after what? Oh yeah. Let's sing it. It's a small world. Yeah, there you go. Come on. It's a small world after all. It's a small world after all at home. It's a small small world. It's a world. And now we could just go over. Right? So now at lunchtime you're like why is he singing? It's so at lunchtime. That's going to be stuck in your head, I think. You ever go on that ride and you get off, and you're like, I just can't think. The song is just stuck in my head. Paul's got the gospel song stuck in his head. It's just rolling around. Look, we, we get to, we get to, you're mad at me for singing that song, I know. Sharing that song with you, it's a blessing. All right, that song is a blessing. Uh, we, we don't like when people go, hey, I have this song stuck in my head. It's And you're like, no, because it's going to be stuck in my head. It's different with the gospel. Paul wants people to hear it. He wants people to know it. He wants people to grasp it. He can't get it out of his mind and he's gonna share it with every single person that he can. It is just stuck there. The good news of Jesus, he sees it in the scriptures. He's opened his Bible, he's read through it. He saw how, oh, it all points. It all points, every single prophet points to jesus christ the law of moses points to jesus christ and his fulfillment of the law it all points there and actually the new testament just points back to the death and resurrection of our savior jesus christ and it's stuck in his head listen church it should be stuck in our heads too here's the problem i think we are a distracted culture we are, we are distracted with things. I don't know about you, but I, I have my phone sometimes, which I love. It's a gift. There's nothing wrong with phones. There's nothing wrong with YouTube. I talked about YouTube Vortex last week. Uh, there's nothing wrong with you know TV and video games and, and, and social media and friendships and things like that. Nothing wrong with those things. here. Those are good things. God has brought technology into our lives, and it's wonderful. Here's the problem, though we can be so consumed with those things that the, the song of the gospel gets pushed to the side or pushed out of our heads and we don't think about it anymore. We, we, we can be so consumed with other things that Jesus becomes a part of what we do instead of the way it should be all of who we are. And for Paul, Jesus so captured him and consumed him that all he wanted to do was to not let that song leave his mind but he wanted to think about it all the time and not just that but tell everybody about the song of Jesus Christ dead and risen, and salvation, and freedom in Christ, and the glory of the king, and his mercy, and his grace, and his goodness, and his kindness, and his love, in his justice, and all the things in between. Paul was eager to share about the goodness of Jesus Christ because it was stuck there. For us, we can just push it out, and we need to be careful, church, That we don't push it out lest we simply just become Christians by name only. And not identity or mission. You understand what I mean by that? Say amen if you understand that. We need to make sure that we grasp this. For Paul, it's always all about Jesus. Not just a part of life, but the whole of it. And if our story is going to be Acts 29, we have to think like Paul. We want to grow, and we want to grow in our understanding of who he is, Jesus is, and our love for him. We want that song stuck in our heads. We want to have a Jesus song stuck in our heads all the time. And Paul brings this to the Jewish leaders in Rome, and they do not listen to it. And he he tells them about Isaiah, just like Jesus did with the Pharisees. And he says, This gospel, this good news, this is going to go to the Gentiles. And church, we are the recipients. You're thinking about that? When Paul says, Paul says, Therefore, let it be known to you, this salvation of God has been sent to the Gentiles. I'm a recipient of that grace. You in this room are a recipient of that grace. Grace. Peter says, You you once were not a people. Speaking to us, as those who are not Jewish. You once were not a people, but now you've become a people. And that is, oh, that should make us smile. I can't see your faces. But that should make us smile and sing gospel songs. We are recipients of this grace that this gospel has given gone to the Gentiles, which with we in Phoenix, suburbs of Phoenix, Arizona, look, we are far away from Jerusalem and Rome. And this gospel has made it all the way to our door from faithful men and women who proclaimed the gospel of Jesus Christ. How beautiful are those who bring good news. We, we, Announcing peace, proclaiming news of joy. We are recipients of this good news. This gospel has gone to the Gentiles because, did you catch the word? Because these people just didn't get it. That's not what it says. Because these people just, as soon as they heard it, they just rejected it. That's not what it says. Look what it says in verse 27. Because the peoples, the the people of God, the nation of Israel, because their hearts have grown dull. It's not that they just heard it and said, nope. Over time, they just pushed it aside. I don't know about this. I'm not sure. There's a growing dullness that has taken place. Their, Their ears, it's not that they can't hear. They can barely hear it. They're closing their eyes. It's like they're blind. They're just closing their eyes. Let this be a warning. Church, let this be a warning that our hearts don't grow dull to the goodness of God. Amen? To the gospel, we don't want a growing dullness. We want a sharpening of our understanding of Christ and and His glory and His might and His majesty. We want to make sure we grasp these things. This good news has come to our doorsteps And we want to make sure we get it, we love it, we understand it, and we share it with others. We want to make sure we share it with others. We can look at this and say, well, Acts yeah, Acts ends here. We don't really know what happens. Paul preaches. It says that here at the very end that they're welcome. you know, proclaiming the kingdom of God and teaching about the Lord Jesus with all boldness. That's great. It seems like there's some questions left unanswered. And like I said earlier, there is, because this mission of proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ with boldness is yours. The legacy of gospel mission is yours and mine. As Anchor Church, it's ours. Our story is Acts 29, Acts is not over. Acts will not be over until the reigning king of the universe comes back down to claim us as his own. At that moment, then Acts is over. But until that time, we have a mission to live. We have a king to worship. We have a savior to give glory to and proclaim and become more like every single day. We, we, we wanna make sure we grasp this and understand it. Let me give you two ways that we can walk out this legacy. There's a thousand ways I could give. You. I feel like I always give you two. Just easy to remember, maybe, I don't know, but or write down. Two things, two ways we can live this out. The first one is this. Work hard, church, work hard to get the gospel of Jesus Christ stuck in your minds. Work hard. You think, well, wait a second, Jason, the gospel's not about working. Uh, The gospel's about Jesus' grace, right? Jesus died. So we we don't have to do much. And I would say that's, look, if we're not taking gospel realities and pushing them into action, I don't think we actually understand the gospel. The gospel says Jesus saved us, for by grace you've been saved. Through faith. It's a gift of God, not a result of works. Yeah, we got that. Next verse we are his workmanship. Created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand, that we should walk in them. Look, we want to make sure we work hard in our daily lives to open our Bibles, to, to spend some time in prayer, to gather in community, to encourage one another, to get the gospel and the glory of Christ stuck in our minds. Like it's a small world, only better. Because we want to make sure we understand it and grasp it and, and, and know Christ in such a way that he just is alive in us. Let me just give another plug. I talked before, but we're better together. Let me give you a plug just one more time for community groups. My community group has been a gift since March. Because, look, we're, we're all separated. I hadn't, I could, you know, I'm preaching to a camera. Uh, there's only a few of us in the room. I don't see your faces. But my community group has been a gift. It's been a lifeline because I get to be a part of the body. And the church and do it together, pushing me towards understanding Jesus Christ and getting him stuck in my mind, in my head. We need to take a look. Maybe you look at your life and think, what things that are good are pushing out the the joy of Christ in me? What is it? What is it that's suffocating my love of Jesus? And maybe I just need to take a quick sabbatical. A weekend sabbatical from whatever it is. From Facebook, shut it down. From YouTube vortexes, turn it off. From watching sports, turn it off. From news media cycles, turn them off. Because I want Jesus to be stuck in my mind. That's one. We want to work hard to get Jesus stuck in our minds daily. And the second is this, simply this. We want to live out the mission. Get Jesus stuck in our minds Live out the mission. We talk, uh, we've, we've talked a number of times about what it means to live on mission. We say it's walking around with Jesus and people on our minds all the time. To live on mission, it's, li- it's living with, our, with Jesus in our minds and people in our minds. And thinking, okay, who needs to hear this? So it means to live on mission. You go to Starbucks and somebody writes your name wrong on the cup, Right? Does that happen to you? They're just like, yeah, that's not my name. They say, like, oh, sorry, I misheard you. And, and that person needs to know Jesus. And the person that cuts you off needs to know Jesus. The person at work needs to know Jesus. We want to we live out the mission daily. You know why? Because we're purposely biblical and we believe that Jesus is on the move all the time. God is on the move all the time working to multiply churches and disciples through his people. I'm going to call the band up here as we get ready to close. We want to be a people that have Jesus in our minds, that live on mission, living in the chapter of Acts 29, waiting for the time when Jesus the King returns for his glory and for his name. We wanna make sure we see it, we wanna make sure we grasp it, we wanna make sure that we understand it. And let me just give you, let me just say a note really quick because I I think all of us here can hear this. And one of the things we can think is, okay, but I got X, Y, and Z going on, right? I'm a parent, I got a bunch of kids, I have work stuff, I I have, um, you know, I gotta pay my bills, there's a lot of just life that hits. There's just suffering and difficulty and trials that hit. And so we can think, well, this doesn't necessarily apply to me because I have all these other things that are happening in my life. Let me just, let me just point something out that, that happened with Paul. Paul lived this mission. Listen, he wasn't only doing this. Like, he wasn't only always in prison telling the Jewish people about Jesus. He was a tent maker, he worked, he made tents. He had relational problems. Barnabas, he didn't, you know, they had a falling out. John Mark, they had a falling out. He reconciles with John Mark, so we took time to work over on that relationship. He's, he's talking with friendships, he's building friendships. I'm sure he's got other issues that he has going on, let alone all the things that he has going on, being imprisoned and maybe health issues. Paul, Paul is not some sort of superhero, he's just like you and me with life. He's got life going on. But he looked at, at Jesus and said, what, what takes precedence? What takes priority? What can I bring in to my daily activities when I'm making tents and trying to pay my bills and get food and do all these things? I want Jesus everywhere to be on my mind, on my lips. And I just think for us, we want to make sure that we have the same mentality as we live life real life every single day with its difficulties, with its trouble, with its joys, with its, all the things that come with it, that we are just living for Jesus. We want to live for Him. I think this is one of the things we want to take from from Acts as we leave it. that, That our lives should be consumed with knowing Him and telling others about Him. That's what we see here. We see that the the church began in Acts 1 and 2 and 3, right at the very beginning in Jerusalem, the Spirit lit the flame of church, of gospel mission, and it's burning today. And we want to we fan the flames of those things, don't we? We fan the flames of seeing people come to know Him, and we can just take part in, in who He is and all that He's done for His glory, for His name. Because that's what we're called to do as a church. Last word in Acts, God uses churches like Anchor Church and disciples like you and me to multiply churches in disciples. We want to make sure that we live that out, we walk that out for his glory and his name. Let's stand together as we close in song.